You are listening to the Bridge Community Church Podcast out of Warrington, Virginia. Our church exists to connect you to God, others, and the marketplace. For more information, you can visit us online at bridge4life.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you are blessed by today's message. going to continue on with a series today, Living Out a Genuine Faith in a Fallen World. That is exactly what Jesus was teaching his disciples and his followers in his day. It was not a perfect time. It was a hard time. The Romans were an occupying army. It's not exactly the moment in time you would have thought you would send the Messiah because uh, there was a lot of bad stuff happening. But you see that in spite of everything going on, Jesus taught and expected people to live and to, and to have faith. And so we're going to continue on with the series on uh, the Sermon on the Mount. So today we're going to go to Matthew chapter 5. Would everybody stand? And we're reading a popular passage, 13 through 16, talking about salt and light. And then I'll begin to unpack this today. But let's read together. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Now, Holy Spirit, as we study the Word, we know that you know all the trajectories of life in this room. Some, God, are at a mountaintop experience. Others, God, are in a valley. And I just know that you know the language of everybody's heart here today. And I will do the best that I can, but Holy Spirit, there is no substitute for your words that speak into a person's mind and speak to their heart. And speak to their spirit. And that's what I want them to hear today. Minister to people in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 The Lord bless you. You can be seated. So last week I introduced the series. And if you haven't had a chance or you weren't here, I would encourage you to listen to that. For the purpose of, I laid out the context of the Sermon on the Mount. The challenge that Jesus had as he was preaching this message because of the diversity that was there. There was no unity in the country. There was no unity, uh, not even around the faith. There was a big argument, and I named all those groups. And here comes Jesus teaching uh, while there's an occupying army called the Romans. And so there's these masses of people. And one of the things that you see is Jesus was a masterful teacher. He was able to take a topic and make it applicable to a divisive crowd, to a divisive group. And so in a fallen world like the Roman world, it would have been very easy for the followers of Christ to take on a survival mentality. And what you see is just the opposite of Jesus. He's not teaching to survive. He's teaching to thrive. He's teaching to have impact. And this is ironic because the, the people he's talking to don't even have charge of their own country. And so many people would go, how am I supposed to do that? We're not even in charge of our daily lives. There's a foreign government that's occupied our country, and you're telling us we can make a difference, and there's a bunch of foreigners who are in charge and telling us what to do. How does this work? 
And so Jesus was able to speak, and today we're looking at this topic of salt and light. Now, I'm going to tell you, because of time, I'm only going to be able to deal with the topic of salt. And you'll see why in a minute. But they're similar in the fact that they both expect followers of Christ to have impact. But if there's one thing that you see that stands out about the passage of salt and light, it's this. Our faith is designed to influence. It's not designed to hold out. It's designed to make impact. Jesus is preaching a, 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 a faith that is not on the defensive, it's on the offensive. It's, it's impacting, it's making a difference. And that's difficult sometimes to, for us to process when we see some things in culture that we think, well, there's nothing I can do. Well, first of all, that's the first lie you've bought into. Don't buy into that lie. I won't say that some of the ways that we're accustomed to impacting have been diminished but we haven't lost the ability to have impact. It just might be diminished, it might be limited, and it was for them in this day. And Jesus was bringing hope. The other part is this. When he was talking about Saul, it symbolized so much. Jesus had this diverse crowd of not only uh, followers and, and, and of those of the Jewish faith as well, and the diversity there. He also had Romans. Anytime a crowd would form, trust me, Rome had people present. Because it was their way to make sure that this didn't turn into an insurrection, that it wasn't uh, turned into something that would, that would cause problems in the community, in the region. So Rome always had their people present. We know for how long Jesus was there and the crowd that was there. We know there had to be Roman soldiers. They weren't there to buy into the message. They were there to buy or to make sure that this thing stayed exactly what it appeared to be, just a guy teaching. But when Jesus talked about salt, what you have to understand is, because of the diversity of crowd, they all heard that word and had a different emphasis come to them. Because salt meant so many different things to different people. And Jesus never, we don't have the text of how he unpacked it further than what he just said. He said, we're the salt of the earth. And that, by the way, and he said that we're to make our deeds known to men so that the Father might be glorified. So another key point here is this, so much for us saying that our faith should be private. I'm not saying it's not personal. Everybody got me there? It is personal. It is a personal decision. My parents did not decide for me to be a follower of Christ. I did. Now, they could raise me that way so that I would make that decision, but in the end, it was my decision. We, we all have a personal decision. But if there's a misnomer, a, a point of misinformation in the United States among, our, among Christians, it says, well, I don't express my faith much. It's kind of a private matter. And I go, mm, you might want to read Matthew 5. Because it says, let your deeds shine before men that they may glorify your Father in heaven. So in other words, I'm supposed to be living a life that other people can watch me and know who I am. That they would go, he is a follower of Christ. That's why he does what he does. That's why he talks the way he talks. That's why he prioritizes things the way that he prioritizes. So it's not just trying to uh, let people know who are in agreement with my faith. It's also helping people who are not followers go, I wonder what's different about him because he is different. That's, that's the test of our faith. Do people even know that were different. So when we look at the word salt, I'm going to unpack this a variety of ways. And we're going to look at it some from the Old Testament. We're going to look at it from some of uh, how the rest of the New Testament addressed the issue of salt. And then there's some things. How many know the Roman soldiers certainly weren't reading the Bible? 
So when a Roman soldier heard the word salt, that we're the salt of the earth, I guarantee you any Roman soldier that was, could hear what Jesus was saying would have stopped and went, now there's something I know about. What is he saying? Because there was something very personal about salt and the Roman soldiers, and I'll tell you in a minute. Some of you don't know this. That's why you come to church. <laughs> okay? So here we go. So num- they're real simple points today. So number one, everybody read it out loud. Salt symbolized... He said, you are the salt of the earth. If you have an ability to mark this in your Bible, you need to do this. The word you there is not singular. The word you there is plural. So when Jesus said this, he wasn't saying you are the salt of the earth or the earth. He was saying he was meaning we are. Why is that important? Because one grain of salt has limited influence. But collectively, grains of salt have great influence. So many people try to have an impact as a grain of salt. And they get discouraged because they can't have the impact they think they ought to have. And it's because your influence needs to be combined with other people's influence and then you can have the impact. You are a grain of salt, but if you will get around others in the salt shaker, you might start changing some things. To show you the impact of this, after service, many of us will go to lunch. Some of you will say, pass me the salt, right? Now, some smart aleck might actually go to the salt shaker and pick out a grain of salt and flick a grain of salt at you. And you have a grain of salt. Now, how many know a grain of salt on a baked potato it has no impact? <laughs> right? I'm the guy who shakes it two, three, four times, and then I go to the other half. Two, three, four times. Okay? If you want, if you want salt to have an impact, it's going to take more than one. So many Christians are trying to be a grain of salt and have an impact. I don't need nobody. Can we all tell you what we're all saying about you? They need somebody. (laughs) Yeah, you can't. This was was never intended to be a solo act. And yet so many are determined, well, I don't need nobody. Yeah, yeah, you do. I'm a self-made man. No, you're not. Your mama taught you how to speak English. Your mama taught you how to eat. Your daddy taught you right from wrong. Don't be telling me you're some self. You you had people who taught you and made you what you are. Okay? Don't be telling me you're self-made. Nobody, everybody had somebody contributing to who they are. What happened is, is you've stopped. And yes, we all know now. Listen. Somehow we have taken, we we are, as Americans, we are independent in our thinking and we think that is somehow great. And I'm saying independent thinking has a lot of pitfalls assigned to it. The Bible teaches us to be interdependent. We don't want to be, trust me, we don't want codependent people. We're not talking that at all, okay? We don't, but... It's interdependent, meaning what? I need to cooperate with the people around me. I need to cooperate in influence. I need to cooperate in talent and time and resource because together we can get a lot more done for the kingdom of God than I can as a solo act. 
right? The Bible teaches, and so Jesus is actually revisiting this by telling us, okay, you means we, not necessarily you alone, because you can't have much impact just doing this on your own. You need other people. The second thing is this, read it out loud. Salt preservation. Salt preserves, it prevents things from going bad. It would have gone bad and so they would many times cure meats and cure foods because it was, they didn't have refrigerators. So it was a way to protect food for the long-term use so that it wouldn't go bad. Did you know that God uses us to stop things from going bad? Things would have gone south except you were there. You stopped it. You involved yourself. You took responsibility. It would have gone bad, but you, you took the leadership role. You took the promotion. You, you, <laughs> see, sometimes people, I've, I've had people go, I'm not taking the promotion. Why? Do you know how many headaches come with the promotion? And I go, wow, sounds like God thinks you could use a headache or two. <laughs> he must have confidence in your ability, or he would have never allowed you to get your name that far into the process. God uses us to stop bad stuff. That would have happened and you know what when we preserve there's a lot of stuff that nobody even knows could have happened because we were there to never even let it get on the table look what Joseph said in Genesis 45 verse 7 he's now second command in Egypt he has been through slavery unjustly by his brothers he's now second in command his brothers show up they don't know it's him he reveals himself that hey I'm the brother that you sold into slavery unjustly and they think he's about to lower the boom on him and notice what Joseph says but God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Joseph's basically saying, man, I'm the salt that was sent ahead so that this thing, this is a hard situation, but this would have been a tragedy if God hadn't put me here. And God put me here to save you and to save people. We stop bad things from happening. By just being who we are. He's not the only one. You read this by David at the, end of his, at, at the end of his reign as king in 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 44. David said this, You have delivered me from the attacks of the peoples. You have preserved me as the head of nations. People I did not know now serve me. David is, is, has recognized that it wasn't just his kingdom, but God used him to head up the other nations, so that tragedy was averted. Listen to me. We step up and we do things, not because something needs fixed. We step up and do things sometimes so that nothing needs to be fixed. We just, we just don't respond when there's a crisis. We respond so that there isn't a crisis. We're people who take responsibility. We're people who step up. We, we preserve. Where there's good, we step up and we help preserve the good so that it's not lost and it's not taken away. Number three, read this out loud. Salt symbolized in 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 20 and 21. Bring me a new bowl, he said, and put salt in it. So they brought it to him, they went, then he went out to the spring and threw salt into it, saying, this is what the Lord says, I have healed this water, never again will it cause death or make the land unproductive. We heal situations in communities 
where people are hurting, where bitterness is, where division is, God uses us to solve those problems. I've said this before, but I'll say it today just as a reminder. One of the things I've had people say is, so what kind of person do you, do you target at the bridge? I mean, is it middle-aged, Caucasian, middle-aged, professional? I said, well, we just kind of have a simple philosophy. Do you breathe? <laughs> and if you breathe, we'll take you. So you'll come in, you'll find everybody. You'll find people from all nationalities and all types of education and all types, types of occupations because we're, listen to me, we're not, we're, not a, we're not a segregated church. We're a church. It's people. All types. And, and besides, you know, people, they get into all this, these isms and I go, you do know that Jesus was not white. Right? How many, you didn't know that, right? I mean, if anybody is a minority and is really grateful for being welcomed into the kingdom of God, it's me. Because he, he see, I'm Irish. He didn't come Irish. He came Middle Eastern. And I read in Galatians, listen to me. He grafted me into the vine. He grafted you. You think I'm going to hang a shingle out that says somehow you have to be this way and this way, this way, this way to come to the bridge? No way. Because Jesus says, if you'll breathe and confess your sins, he says he'll graft you in as well. Well, then that's our standard. Everybody said amen. amen. We heal community poisons. We heal social issues. We heal problems that people are having. We, we're, we, listen, we don't see a problem and write a letter to the editor pointing out the flaws of those who are responsible. No, you know what we do? We see a problem in the community. We get a hold of those who are responsible and say, how can I help? What can I do? I don't want to watch the social ill continue in my community. I don't want to see, I don't want to see this continue on. I, I, it, you're not being wide creative by airing your, your laundry into the editorial page. You're being like everybody else. I'll say it again. We're different. Okay, I'm going to say it again so you get it. We're different. And that means we act different. That means we respond different. It means that we are people, we're salt. That means we're solution-oriented. We try to figure out things. And even if I don't have anything to bear, to bring to the situation, I might talk to people saying, have you seen what's going on? Yeah. Have you, I mean, I know you, and I know this is, a, is there a reason you maybe you wouldn't consider getting involved? I'm at least going to talk to somebody who I think has the authority or the ability to bring something. But I'm not going to bash somebody on the editorial page just because I want some political points. Yeah, that went over well today. <laughs> look, hey, look what it says in Isaiah. Isaiah 58. It's talking about what true fasting results in. Now look, at, I want you to read this with me. 
Your people, read this with me, your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. God says we fix communities. We don't tear them down. We don't burn them down. We don't tear up businesses. It says we go into communities and we help. We are not destroyers. We are restorers. Yeah. We don't break down walls. We help build them back up. And I'm not talking about walls that divide people. I'm talking about walls that protect people. There's a different, different emphasis here. Walls were needed to protect people from outside influences that would wreck their city. And so it's a way, it's talking about protection. Yep. Everybody got that? Yeah. I know how Americans, you know, they love to spin these things, you know. I'll have somebody send me an email. Oh, heard you, you want to restore the walls? No, I did not say what you were implying. <laughs> Listen to the whole sermon, please. says the foundations we need to help people to understand listen i've said it before we need to help people see right now our culture is in a giant experiment and it's going to go bad why because they've decided age-old foundations aren't for them anymore they think that there's new and I'm, i'm saying they're experimenting they have nothing to point to in history that says this has worked before they just think that we as americans are finally educated enough to think our way around the consequences that have done other cultures in. And I'm here to say, you ain't near as smart as you think you are. This is a social experiment. It's go- Listen to me. And I don't want a saying that pushes people away because when those broken lives happen and they occur, I want to be at the front of the line saying, how could I help you? I don't want, I don't want them to say, I heard words of judgment. I said, no. What you heard from me were words of warning, but I'm here to tell you the church is ready to help you when you're ready to put your life back together. But we tried to warn you so you wouldn't get into this, but they were not words of judgment. How many know when you go to the doctor, he gives you words of warning? And then when you don't heed and something goes bad, how many are glad they still show up to help you? Right. It's the same thing. We're just saying, listen, man, don't be a part of this social experiment. It's going to go bad at one point. And lives and families and homes will be marriages, people's lives will be wrecked. And listen, no matter how that plays out, we still have an obligation to repair those walls and restore those streets and restore those dwellings. We do not get to go, well, I tried to tell you. Oh, no, 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 no. Yes, we did. Now, how do we help get your life back on track? And everybody said amen. Amen. Number four, read it out loud. Salt symbolized value. This is where the Roman soldiers would have perked up when Jesus was talking about this, saying you're the salt of the earth. Why? Because the Romans held that except for the sun, nothing was more valuable than salt. In fact, many people in the military profession of their day were paid with salt. That's how they were paid. And what it enabled them to do was this. See, I know that Rome had coins and, 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 and currency in that, but it often made transport of getting those funds to the soldiers difficult. And sometimes they were in, in places where the currency was not transferable. So salt was always transferable no matter what culture they found themselves in. Plus, 
Salt was always advantageous for daily life. It could always be, so it was kind of a win-win thing. It was a currency, but it was also a product that they could use in daily life. And so when Jesus said, you are the salt of the, of the, of the earth, they would have heard that, and that would have piqued their interest because, trust me, sometimes Rome didn't always treat their soldiers like they were valuable. And so what we learn here is this. If we're salt, that means this. We add value where we go. We make things better. It means that we take on tasks and responsibilities that other people say, nobody wants to do that. And you go, well, I'll do it. And then suddenly there begins to be impact and people want to join what you're doing because they note the impact. You add value to what you do. You add value to where you serve. You add value. Listen to me. This is what we do in the business world. You add value to your business, then you have to go hire other people to help you run your business because you can't handle it all. But it also works the other way. You add value to the business as an employee by doing a good job and doing, a fair, a, and doing it for a fair wage and doing an excellent job. You add value. And when that company grows, you get to be the recipient of ongoing raises, possibly bonuses. Other people get jobs because the business has grown. Listen to me. What we do, where we go, what we touch, we add value. That's who we are. We make a difference. I've said this before. We have to get past this mentality when we talk about value. Spirit of adequacy. Everybody wants to do well by, do, by, by operating in a spirit of adequacy. And you're like, right, that's, when has anybody made a big impact? When, have you ever heard a, 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 a speech given by somebody who was a motivational, spirit, uh, a motivational speaker? When did, when did things turn around? When we all just went adequate. <laughs> you know what you always hear? They always say, when we realized we were adequate, that's when we realized we were in trouble. And we put together a business plan to get us to break out of that cycle. You'll hear this from sports teams. Coaches will say the same thing. We were okay. We were average. We had average seasons. We had average outcomes. We had average, we had average performance. And you know what? We just decided average was not good enough. We started setting goals up and said, it's time for us to stop being adequate as a football team, a baseball team, a basketball team. We need to start going and having some standards of excellence. And so we just said... We're, we're, we're going there. We're going to try. We may not get it, but at least we're going trying for it. Listen to me. Some of you need to take on added responsibility where your work is. Some of you have said, no, I don't need to do that. I'm good where I'm at. You need to take on the responsibility because people, like, people who work there need bosses like you. They deserve a boss like you. You need to stop thinking of yourself. Well, I'm just fine. No, you're not. Because you're somebody else's miracle. And you, listen, you need to do well. Not because it's all about you, because it isn't all about you. You need to do well so that you can affect other people's jobs and performances and their environment to do what they do. They need you as a boss because you believe in them. They're in a spot where nobody believes in them. But if you get it, somebody will believe in them. And they just might become something. 
Why don't you believe in them? Why don't, why don't you go for the promotion for them? Why does it always have to be about us? What's in it for me? What do I get out of it? Hey, how about the fact that God just wants to raise your impact? He just wants to raise, he just wants to raise your ability to influence. I got to tell you, I have so many thoughts going through my mind, and if I, I'm only halfway through the sermon, man, so you know. Okay, here we go. Proverbs 11, 11. See, I'm still on number four. Proverbs 11, listen. Through the blessing of the upright, a city is exalted. How does it say a city gets blessed? The upright. It's because of our efforts that we make a community better. We have the ability to make this where we live, where we go to school, where we do business better. The Bible says it's the blessing of the upright that blesses a community. Man, if there's anything I could tell you is this. Wake up tomorrow morning and go get them, man. No, it's not going to happen all in a day, but you ought to be getting up with a hungry appetite that this community needs me to do well so that this community can be blessed. And when a community is blessed, I'm not the only one getting it. Other people get it. I need to do well so other people get something. All right, that's enough on that one. Number five, read it out loud. Salt symbolized seasoning. Salt was used as seasoning to improve the flavor of foods. So there's nothing wrong with the food. It just tastes better when you add more salt to it. And a little butter helps too. And I don't mean that fake stuff. I'm talking, I, I tell people, oh, just as good as the real thing. No, it's not. It's fake. It's no good. I can tell when there's real fat in there. Anybody here with me got a good fat, got a fat palate in your mouth? I mean, I can take, I know when it's real butter, don't, you know, real butter doesn't spray. <laughs> it just makes it better. So in other words, what we say, we may not step in and fix anything, but we just might see, you know, that can go from a six to an eight. That can go from an eight to a ten. We're not always necessarily fixing things. Sometimes we just go, man, if I put my talent, my resource, my know-how into this arena, I could take that into another dimension of influence. I could take it into another dimension of fruitfulness. Because again, we find out the power is in collaboration with one another. If one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000. And, and that continues on as people go, well, hey, maybe if more people join in on this, we get things done. So we have a way of taking something that is palatable to everybody, but suddenly, all of a sudden, it becomes awesome. Yes. Awesome. Number six, or let me move on. I've got to hurry up. Number six, read it out loud. Salt symbolized purifying. This may not surprise you because it's in the New Testament. How many have ever had a salt scrub? We're not finding out who all these foo-foo people are here. <laughs> My wife and I, when we lived in Florida, went to a place and, and they were selling these salt and they, they had samples and you get out and you can wash your hands with salt, this salt rub. And we did it and like, man, your hands are like super soft, you know. So we bought every kind of, kind of salt scrub they had, you know. We just, because some days you just want to feel like lavender, you know. And then you just, 
So you just bought, and it was just amazing how it could take your callous hands or your feet and just really, some of you are going to be ordering that online right now. I can tell that already. Pastor said it's really good. And, uh, but it does, what it does, and they were saying it was remove, it removed dead sin scales or dead uh, uh, skin sin, sin cells too, you know. Skin. <laughs> that bridge has got some wacky theology going on, man. They got sin cells over there, skin cells. And uh, notice, notice what it says here. Salt symbolized purifying. This is Ezekiel, and he's, the, pe- the people are under judgment. Israel's under judgment. And he says, on that day you were born, your cord was not cut, nor were you washed with water to make you clean, nor were you rubbed with salt or wrapped in clothes. So one of the things he used to do with the newborns was give them a light salt scrub. It was a disinfectant, but it was also to remove dead skin cells. Well, I'm so stuck on that. Skin cells. See, that's the downside of being a pastor. When you make a mistake, you got a whole audience for it. Yeah, right in front of everybody. But when you, when you gave them the... So the, the idea is here is this. In the, as, when people are new babes in Christ, you don't break out the Clorox and try to... It's, it's a sanctification process, man. It's step by step. They're new babes in Christ. You start to help them. Clean their lives up. Gently. Because they're a new babe in Christ. We give them, you don't, you don't say, well, how do you plan on implementing the entire book of Matthew into your life? They're like, I don't even know what the whole book of Matthew has to say. How much, you know. I mean, we, we just want to drop all these bombs on people. And it's like, look, I just accepted Jesus. We need to sit down and say, hey, here, let's talk about one area of your life that you can begin to move forward. Yeah, they got multiple areas probably, bunches. Can we just talk about one? Can we, can we give it a light salt scrub here and not, not get into the, let's just give them a whole Clorox bath? Let's just totally... With new, with new people in Christ, man, you got to work with them and be patient and love them and give them, give them time to grow into the. Look how long it took you to get to where you are. It's purifying. But it's a, and I say this, it's a gentle purifying. Working with them where they are, with what they need. The last one is this. Everybody read it out loud. Salt symbolized worship covenant. You probably didn't know this either. See, somebody, as I said last week, I always try to teach two things or teach at least one thing that I didn't know before before I teached. And these last two points are the two elements. As long as I preach, I never caught those two. So the, I never saw the salt scrub in the scripture. This is the other one. Did you know that you had to have salt with your sacrifice? And it's not just one passage. I would give you an assignment when you go home. Google salt uh, in, in the Bible app and just watch how much it shows up in the Old Testament. Salt was required for a sacrifice. Here's Leviticus 2, 13. So this is just one, one passage. Season all your grain offerings with salt. Do not leave the salt out of the covenant. Notice he calls it a salt covenant. See that? Of your God out of, the, out of your grain offerings. Add salt, listen, add salt to all your offerings. Wow. We just, we just thought it just went straight from the animal 
onto the altar, and up it goes. And he's saying, no, 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 no. You have to, you have to, you have to add salt. Why? Because it was a salt covenant. I have time to unpack this whole thing, but the salt covenant was this. A salt covenant could only be broken by one party dying. It's the only way. That's the only way. So it, friends could form a salt covenant, but it was basically this. We are friends for life. I always have your back, and I'll die for you. So, you know, you just didn't have a salt covenant with just anybody. You know, you, it was a very intentional, focused, something that was cultivated over a long period of time. And, and friends could say, let's have a salt covenant with one another. And they would literally die for each other. It was that kind of impact. We read here that God says, I want your salt with the sacrifice. And so he's basically saying that we have a salt covenant with him. Wow. See, it's not something to be taken lightly. He says, I want you all in. I want you all in. Why? Because he's all in. In fact, Jesus did die for us, did he not? And so, how do we match that? We give him our life. Paul actually expands on this a little bit. This is interesting. In Romans chapter 12, he said, present your bodies as living sacrifices. Did you know that our body has sodium in it? Jesus said, I put my body on the altar. I want you to match me. I want you. This is a salt covenant. This is why he said, for all of sin fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. See, suddenly those scriptures start to have a a new angle. You start, ooh, wow. It's like, wow, God takes this really, really serious. Yes, he does. He takes it really serious. God says, I want you. I want you. You say, you don't know what I've done. He said, oh yeah, I do. I've already died for you. I died for that sin. Because I want you. So I just went ahead and died for that sin. I became your sacrifice. I died for you so that we could have this covenant. I want you. That's the first takeaway I want you to hear today. The second takeaway that I want you to hear today is this. Your takeaway for me for this today is this. Change the world that you live in by who you are, how you act, how you talk. Go thrive, not because we want bigger, better, and more riches. You need to grow, you need to thrive because there's people out there who are counting on you being their miracle. Their miracle is gonna come with two legs and two arms and you're it. You're their Joseph. You're their Daniel. You're their Moses. You're their David. You're their Ruth. You're their Esther. You're their Peter. You're the James. You're the John. You're the Mary Magdalene. You're the miracle. And everybody said amen.
Let's everybody stand and clap. Can we just lift our hands a minute? Come on. I just want you to praise him that he wants to use you as an influence in the community. Come on, thank him for that today. You have a plan. God has a plan for your life. And it changes the world for other people when you buy into it. Come on, thank him for that today.